0: Hey, hey everybody. I hope you're having a phenomenal morning. It's Troy Dooley, your host. We're here on Real Mentors Radio. And before I get into today's chapter in Mike's book, The Social Media Symphony, I just got to share something because as you guys know, I mean, when you follow me, you know I walk my faith on my sleep. So understand my lifestyle Everything that happens in my life, I believe in some facet or another, my actions in tune with with what God's got planned for me, my kazone, my purpose, everything that happens, happens for a reason. So this is how – I don't even know how to say it. Here, just listen to this. I get Mike's book in the mail. Mike sends – Sends me the book, and inside the book, he, I've got this paper from Amazon, and he's written some stuff in it. He says, Troy, one of our mutual friends suggested I get my book into your hands. Hope you enjoy. It's been fun connecting on Empire Avenue, Mike. <clears throat> now, Mike and I are social media junkies. You know, We're not gurus by any chance. He's an expert. I just like learning from everybody else. So we're junkies. We hang out together over here. We've never met personally. I get his book. I start reading it. Yesterday we do the first show And after the show I'm busting my butt Getting stuff done I got this new training project I'm getting out And this young lady over on Facebook Sends me a private message Says Troy Love the show you did on Mike's book Mike's book and and my book Came out almost the same time And I thought oh how cool is that She signs it I don't know, love, blessing, something, you know, Rachel. So I go over and I look at Rachel's profile. I want to see what book she's written. And it's like, wow, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, man, isn't God cool? Because her book is called Fashioned by Faith. What a gu- what guys really think about modesty. Her website's called Modeling Christ. I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, oh, how cool is this? You know, I've got two teenage daughters that I'm trying to raise. I'm part of a of a, a female empowerment movement. I know that sounds weird. I'm married to an inspirational romance author, and here's a book that is written that I can use in my own life. So I say, Rachel, this is just so neat. I am I'm blown away the way God really does work. We're connected. She sent me a copy of her book. Not one time in the whole time I've been in, in on the internet have I ever suggested friends for my wife or my daughter. They, they my daughters live their life. My wife is a romance writer. Most of my network junkie friends, she doesn't want on her post, her blog or her profiles. I sent Rachel over there to them. And I'm, I'm sitting here this morning at my men's group. I'm praying and I'm sharing with the guys. I met this young mother, this beautiful lady. She's got a beautiful husband, great kids. She's got a passion and a mission in life. And I share how the unorthodox way God brought us together. All through Mike sending me his book, knowing that I'm a a junkie for social marketing, and I connect with a woman on a mission for God to help young ladies understand. Now, she's a professional model. This isn't dad telling this to his daughters. This is a lady who lives in a profession that, by by a long shot, I mean goes from one extreme to the other. That's going to be able to to really help inspire my young daughters how to live a life of style and fashion, but with modesty. Later today, I'm going to be putting up a couple videos. But I had to share that this morning. I just thought that was so cool, and, and I figured, crying out loud, Mike writes such long chapters anyway. We're not going to get through the whole chapter, so I'm going to hit the highlights, but I wanted to share that because nothing – this is just the way my life is. My life is so chaotic. I mean, think about this. You guys follow me. I've got a son just got out of prison that's busting his butt to make it. I've got a, a son, 25, that's out here trying to make it on his own. I've got a 21-year-old with, with soon-to-be three kids. It's not like life is is perfect. i got two teen daughters, and i got my little young stud, Jetty, who's eight, and I'm raising three granddaughters. Life can be chaotic, and right in the middle of what we see as chaos, God dumps a little blessing to say, hey, man, you don't have to do it by yourself. Here's somebody that can help you with your daughters. I just thought that was kicking – it's just great, man. It's just totally freaking great, and I love it. All right, let's get into Mike's book, doggone it. That's what you're here for, not to hear me ranting and raving about my life. Chapter two, your brand identity. Now, excuse me. Mike wrote this book to businesses. I'm going to tweak this book because I know, excuse me, I know the majority of my listeners are independent entrepreneurs, usually in the direct selling industry, trying to get heard. Over the social noise. So what Mike wrote here, you've got to buy the book because it's going to help you understand exactly what he means. Some of my friends that are CEOs that are on here, you've got to buy the book because I'm not really speaking to you in this series. I'm going to be speaking to your distributors. I'm going to be speaking to those entrepreneurs that are saying I want to make it because I think it's important that we all understand this. Mike says something in his first paragraph. ...that I think is, is important. He says, the fact that a brand is all about what the public and your customers decide what your brand actually is. He says, the fact is, the brand is all about what the public and your customers decide your brand actually is. And I can attest to that. And when I read this chapter, I said, you know, I've, just, I've got to bring this home. I've I got to let people understand. Because most of you that have watched any of my videos know... There's not, there's, I mean, maybe a handful of videos where I don't have an American flag behind me. And it's funny because I didn't put the American flag there to make a point. I put it there to cover up the junk that was behind it, my big printer and my coffee pot and all that. But that has, the the, the public has now identified my advocacy work with the American flag. And that's my brand. Hey, that's the guy with the American flag behind. They don't remember my name, but that's the guy with the American flag. The American flag is my bu- my business cards now have an American flag on. it. I mean that's just that's just the way it is. The public, especially in social media, as we were going to see, will will totally determine what that actual brand is. And as I read through this chapter, I thought, man, this is great. You know he, he 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 identifies or he defines the brand. He says as a word, as a word is derived from the old I okay, Norse brander, which means to burn, pointing to the common practice of that time where producers would burn their mark into their products. Now we see this a lot in 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 the uh, in the spirits. If, if you know what I'm talking about, hard liquors, brandy. Uh, they they put it in the barrels, uh, oak. Uh, barrels they'll brand into that i remember when mom and i and dad were growing up mom had bought or no she didn't buy i think she won this at tupperware but it was a table made out of oak barrels that had had scotch whiskey in them and they had the brand still on there if, if you think back to any of the westerns that you read the the cattle barons would brand their brand into the horses or into the cattle it's something that is just it, it's gone on now And Mike attests to this And I'm not going to go through all the history of this Because I want to get right to what's meat and potatoes But I grew up Studying the west And back then The more brand that you had on cattle The bigger you were But I also want to bring up something There was a time in history Where they also would brand slaves And slave owners Were known by how many slaves they had Branding has been used for the positive and the negative. And you may be saying, well, Troy, why you bring this up? Here's the reason. Your brand can be positive or negative on the Internet depending on who is controlling your brand or if you let your reputation get out of hand. Now, That's a big thing. Mike doesn't cover all that into detail in this chapter, but I want to because I've seen it happen. I was involved in a discussion last night. Where an attorney called me and said, Troy, you put my name in a comment on a blog that I feel will be detrimental to my reputation. This isn't just a attorney. This is my personal attorney. And I said, Dude, I love you to death. You know I wouldn't do anything to harm you. He goes, I know that, but this I'm I, I this bugs me. We had a beautiful conversation. That's the way we are. He went over Onto that blog, made a comment, and I was able to clarify my comment. He was very much concerned, rightfully so, about his reputation. This is why it's so important that you stay in tune with what Mike is talking about right here. Now, something he doesn't cover, and I want to I want to cover it because we're going we're going into a a, a little portion in here where it talks about corporate identity, brand identity, and brand image. And he says it's important to distinguish between corporate identity, brand identity, and brand image. Now, we're talking about this from an individual basis. My footprint is very large in a couple of different niches across the net. The largest is obviously direct selling. I've grown up in that profession, second generation. My boys make it third generation. My daughters make it third generation. We, we love the direct selling industry. However, at the same time, I've got a pretty big footprint in the catalyst movement. I've got a pretty big footprint in the women's empowerment movement. And I've got a huge footprint when it comes to social justice in human trafficking and in identity theft and, and that cybercrime, cyberterrorism cyber terrorism that takes place. And it's because those are the passions that I have. You've got to look at what your brand is going to be. You've got to look at what your identity is going to be. And you've got to say, what, what do I want my image to be like? My image has come out over the last two or three years as that of an advocate. It's not a watchdog. It's not a, a critic. It's not a guru. People know my passion for advocacy, my passion to serve others and to help them fulfill and I'm using myself as an example because that's that's something that I can do. It's, it's a personal effect. You've got to look at what is it that you want to do. Mike talks about your your, your logo and, your, and the image, the corporate image. I don't really have a logo. We're actually creating one right now based on this new initiative we launched in September. But the American flag literally has become my logo. You know, I think most every picture on the net now is just me hanging out by the beach. So, you know, when we launched Beachside CEO as as a website for my personal stuff, all of a sudden people connected with that. They connected with the American flag. We've blended them together. It's kind of unorthodox because, man, everything Mike writes about is like totally boom, boom, boom. I mean, it makes so much sense. Here I am flying by the seat of my pants. But this is what... You have to do – you've got to start small. You've got to start at a, at a position. And I want to break this down because he does such a phenomenal job at this. He says brand identity is the total proposition that you – now, he says company – but that you make to the consumers, the promise it makes. What promise are you making to the people that come to your profile? What promise are you making to the people that hang out on your blog? See, you're the personality. You're kind of the brand here. Now he talks about brand image, and I want to touch on this. He said brand image, on the other hand, is a totality of consumer perceptions about the brand or how they see it. Now, this is good, which may not coincide with the brand identity. Let me use a really good example. February ninth, 2001, I walked in. For my first day at ProStep, I'm working in the customer service area. I've studied ProStep inside and out. It's a network marketing company that sells training, support, and leads. When I sat down and I answered the telephone, the public conception was we're a lead generation company. The rest of customer service said, we're a lead generation company. It's like, no, we're not. We're a network marketing company. Within a week and a half of being there, I brought in my first team of 100 and some odd people. Because once they realized, we're a network marketing company that helps you build your primary company, All of a sudden, they wanted all their team in there because they realized, man, not only will we be building our primary, we'll build a secondary, we'll make money, we'll offset our marketing costs. This is a win-win. But slowly, that wasn't overnight, slowly, it took almost three years as the internal team came together with the external leadership for people to start realizing we were a network marketing company. Because the brand image was different than the reality. But as Mike says in here, perception is reality. So the consumers perceived us one way, and to this day, the majority of people, when they think of ProStep, say they were the world's largest lead generation company. And although that's accurate, that wasn't really – that was just our product. But yet that's what we were known as. See, this is what what is so important. What are you known as? What is your brand identity? I'm not known as the watchdog. That's Rod Cook. I'm not known as the expert witness. That's Lynn Clements. I'm not known as an MLM consultant. That's Mel Atwood. I'm not known as an MLM attorney. That's Kevin Grimes and, and Kevin Thompson. What I am known for is a voice of reason, the advocate. Hey man, that's that advocate guy. Hey, that's that dude with the American flag. What is your brand identity? Does it match what your actual brand is standing for? Do people recognize your brand? See that Mike writes this listen, a brand which is widely Reputed in the marketplace has successfully acquired brand recognition. Now, in some cases, we go beyond brand recognition to iconic status. Now, think about that. Iconic status. What brands come to mind? If I say it's a just a check mark, a little whoosh sign, what comes to mind? Nike. If it's red and white and it says Coke, you automatically know what it is. If you see just a rainbow-colored apple, you know what it is. If you see just a mermaid in green and white, you know what that is. If I say yellow arches, you know what that is. If you see just a blue oval shape with four letters that start with f and end with d you know what that is if you see just the Chev- chevrolet symbol you know see there's some brands that go to an iconic status and when that happens it doesn't happen because of the brand themselves it goes back to and this is old school this isn't this isn't social media but it goes back to what the people decided that brand would stand for, the fact that they wanted it, they loved it, they accepted it. And that's what Mike's talking about here. See, we've got to bring this down to, to a – really to a psychology, okay? As a matter of fact, he, he writes in here. Let me use this. He says the psychology – The psychology aspect of branding incorporates brand association like thoughts, feeling, images, experiences, attitudes, and so on to become attached to the brand name. Starbucks is a leading example of this. They call it the Starbucks experience. It's the third place in people's lives. Hey, I'm going to hang out at Starbucks. Hey, meet me at Starbucks. Hey, I, I, hey, I want a, I want a, I want a double chocolate chip frappuccino, with with just a splash of coconut. Hey, I want a, I want a Pike's drip. I mean, it becomes iconic. People don't go to McDonald's because the food is of gourmet style. In my studies of McDonald's. I've decided people go there for two reasons. One, it's on the highway, fast, simple, and they know exactly what to expect when they bite into anything they get because it's always alike. The second reason they go there is because their kids can play and they can sit there and communicate with each other, especially parents. Young parents I've been noticing. Now, now understand, I tell you, my kids range from 28 to 8. I fit every garment that's out there. I, I can go associate with baby boomers, with generation, with 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 the X generation, with the Y generation, with the next gen—I don't care what you call it—I can hang out with all of them. So I'm sitting there at McDonald's, and it's like, wow. Sometimes I think this is this is neat because here's a mom—you can tell she just picked the kids up from daycare. She's in her—I mean, cute, these, these gals today are so cute in their little business outfits. And then here comes her young stud husband, and you can tell he just got off work. I look across the table, and you can tell here's a housewife. She's not working. You can tell that because she's got three or four kids frazzled, and she's running around. Here comes her husband. Just got off his motorcycle. You can tell he's been working somewhere on a factory line probably. He's coming in. They're sitting there, and they're all laughing and enjoying each other. I'm thinking, man, this is why people come to McDonald's. Now, why do people come to you? See, it, it doesn't matter to me if you're trying to build your brand identity on, on in social media to build a business or to build your ministry or just to hang out with friends and become somebody. If you do it in an authentic and a transparent way, then what Mike's writing about in here for corporations is going to work for you because people will all of a sudden know who you are. They will realize, Wow. Now, you may look better than me. I mean, you know, i got a bald head and all that crap. But people know the message doesn't change. See, if your message stays the same, all of a sudden it starts to become your brand identity. I remember when a CEO called me and said, hey, there's a handful of us going to fly you down to Miami. we want to talk with you. The reason they did that is because they said, your message hasn't changed. We can tell it's from the heart. And see, that's the key. So how do you establish your brand? Let's get into this real quick. I told you, we can't get through all this stuff. Okay? A successful brand can only be created if the brand management system is competent. And these are going to be – now, listen, this is important because whether it's a corporation or you itself, this is what has to be done. There's three specific things that Mike Mike puts in here, and I think this is good. Number one – You've got to stand out from the crowd. In my profession, Rod Cook is the MLM watchdog. Lynn Clements is the MLM analyst. He knows numbers inside and out. Nobody mixes me up with the two of them, and they don't mix them up with me. That's the way it is. You've got to stand out in the crowd. Number two, be identified with its customers. In my niche, distributors and CEOs alike know that I am an advocate for the profession. I don't believe that it's company against distributor or distributor against the company. I believe we are united. We have to collaborate. Collaborate. It's all for one and one for all they know they are my customers and i have companies and distributors that support me alike and that's why we're able to communicate and build trust number 3 you've got to tell your customers what in this case the company's about but what you're about people know what i'm about and and I'd, i look i'm new school i don't i don't shy away from politics i don't shy away from my spiritual faith I don't shy away from calling people on the carpet when they do something wrong. I don't believe in this cockamamie political correct crap. Oh, let's not leave anybody behind. Let's, everybody's a winner. No, there's some losers out there. And if you're doing something wrong to hurt other people, people know if Troy finds out, he doesn't have any problem calling you on the carpet. They understand what I stand for, but they also understand that I have a passion for the underdog. Whether it's raising funds for Haiti or hanging out with with people like the real savvy success ladies or meeting a brand new young girl named Rachel Lee Carter who has a mission to help ladies understand what men think about modesty. Man, I'm just, I am stoked. We're going to be doing her book just because I want to. I mean, this is what it's about. So you've got to create something people are going to grab a hold of. I suggest not using the American flag. So get yourself a logo. Get yourself an identity. Get something that's going to be you. Let them know. Second thing that you want to do is you want to be specific about what your business is known for. We are advocates our new website the network marketing advocates we we're going to build this thing big we're going to have people they're going to be able to grab a logo if they're a member they can put that logo on their website and people will know they are part of a movement to change direct selling you've got to develop a mission statement that articulates your overall goal and vision what is the objective that you're out there to do You've got to put that out. People have to know what it is. You've got to have a tagline, people remember. Everybody knows I sign everything, living an epic adventure. And that's it. that's my personal tagline. Now, for the advocate website, I don't know. We may have something, respect is earned, never given, something, but we'll, we'll have a catchy tagline. And Mike writes, finally, your marketing materials, advertising campaigns, as well as your daily business operation should be consistent with the image you are portraying to the world about your business. Vima is phenomenal at this. So is Richard Brooke over at 2110. Gary Razor over at Lemu. I mean, good, successful long-term companies do this constantly. Avon has been miraculous almost at making sure this sticks year after year after year. Must be done. My, Mike writes something in here, and, and this is good. He says you can use your company logo as your avatar online. Now I don't, I don't do that. I, I don't use my my American flag. I actually use me sitting at the beach as my avatar because it, it people know it. it. It's all over my social media. Anytime I'm writing on somebody else's blog, it comes up that way. So I use that. Okay. Remember, we're talking about you personally. Very few of you have incorporation teams and stuff like that. You're trying to build something of yourself, and that's important. Something else he says in here, and I think this, he says, make sure you monitor your company's name, blog, and in the industry. Do not forget that social news, whether good or bad, spreads faster than wildfire on the Internet. I have been a uh, – uh, I just screwed up one time. Let me just put it that way. I've got a man. I get to meet him next month. I get to personally apologize to him. I've already done it over the, over the phone and through email and all that, but I get to personally apologize. About three four months ago, I did a blog post, and I got a piece of information wrong that could have got him terminated from his company. We're talking about a man that is successful, not just financially, but in every aspect of his life. He was on stage giving a speech at a company convention when across the Internet, because of our footprint, I said, this gentleman has left this company, and I was wrong. I got the information from a reliable source who had gotten it from an irreliable source, and they had quoted it to me. I was wrong. I yelled as loud as I did the first time to correct my mistake. And God has blessed me with next month being able to be in the same room and to publicly apologize to him. When Mike wrote this, I said, yes, I fully understand that. You have to be watching. And thank goodness he was watching and sent me, and we have mutual friends, and sent me a text on my phone and said, you got that wrong. Please correct it. And I, I was mortified. But this is what you have to do. And if you're not good at this, get some consulting. Get some help on this. And lastly, because I can't go through all this, something that's important, it's important to be attractive visually. When you're on your blog and stuff, look, there's a color psychology that's also used. If you notice, my, my, all of my blogs, well, maybe not all of them, but the majority of them are in blues. Because blue on the Internet is a leadership color. People uh, just automatically, blues and purples, that means royalty, that means leadership, and I want that subliminal message to come across. Folks, there is no, I mean, I've got pages that I've, st- in here, it's amazing what, what Mike has written. We cannot get through all of it in 30 minutes. If I could, I would. Tomorrow, understanding symphony, it's going to be phenomenal. I, I t- Send us some emails on this, because this is so powerful what we have in this book. You need to go to Mike's website, uh, m a g o l n i c k dot com. Magolnik, I can't, I tell you what, I thought my name was bad. Mike is a phenomenal dude. I love him, and I know he's cracking up. But go to his website. I mean, this. there's more information there you can shake a stick at. Go buy the book. Folks, I will see you tomorrow, and in the meantime, live life like it's an epic adventure, and I'll see you at the top. Bye now.